All right, hello and welcome to the RPG Academy. My name is Michael. My internet is red, so I have no idea if this is going to work tonight. Apparently, OBS is correctly set up and we should be streaming, but my crappy internet has decided to be crappy tonight, but we're going to do our best. Uh, And joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. We are here, again, as far as I know. Again, I just got another, your internet is unstable morning message. Uh, I know I have terrible internet. I've complained about it many, many times, but I'm, I have nothing I can do about it, unfortunately, at the moment. Uh, but this is our first time back since the new year. I think we did one of these like the week before Christmas. Uh, so I really haven't seen you in a while. So let's just start there. What you been up to? Uh, a lot of work. That's kind of a constant with me. Uh, very entertained at work. I had a couple people moved to other positions Mm -hmm. so i had to hire them six months ago if i put a job posting out i was lucky to get three applicants for one job posting i got 18 applicants wow in the first like week and i'm still getting people applied even though i filled the position last week Mm. so and it's not even on indeed i don't know how people are still applying (laughs) they are somehow yeah so that's kind of nice to actually have that many people to choose from and, you know, I had, I had her start today and she's meshing well with the team. That's a lot of fun. That's good. Uh, other than that, I'll be honest with you, the last couple of weekends, I kind of put my feet up and just did nothing, mm. which is rare in my world. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Uh, watched some TV, uh, watched a couple movies, nothing super excited. Uh, I've been keeping up with the book of Boba Fett, except for today's episode. I, had other things I had to do, mm-hmm. adult things I had to do after work. So I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I like parts of it and parts of it. I'm trying hard not to nitpick. I really wanted to see Gamorreans with big battle axes and they've got these little, little tiny swords that <laughs> just, they, they're not intimidating. To me. Yeah. The Gamorreans should be kind of scary and they're not comical, but I'm just like, eh. Yeah. yeah they, they don't inspire fear like they probably yeah. should for giant like green yeah. pigmen that have like giant weapons i should be terrified of them but and they also seem to be chumps in the show like they kind of keep getting their asses handed to them yeah i also want to know where's the rest of his crew like he took this over from bib fortuna who had lots of job as men where'd they all go yeah it, it sort of feels like he snuck in just shot the king and then said, now I'm the king. And everyone else is like, okay. Like, did he kill everybody that was guarding Fib Fortuna or just like, cause it didn't, it feels like he just kind of snuck in and then just literally killed him. And then it's like, I'm in control. And everyone's like, okay. You know, that's just, that's not how I would have seen that playing out, but I don't know. I've never tried to kill a crime boss and take over their operation. Maybe it's, it does work that way. I don't know. I, it, you know, I, I like the flashbacks. I like how they've, you know, brought the Tuscan Raiders in and we get to see a little more of their society versus just they're kind of out in the desert is this weird kind of barbaric race in a way. Right. Um, so it's kind of neat to see them. There, there was also part of me, you know, and I'm, I'm trying hard not to nitpick it, but there's also part of me that's like, why they kind of have to get beat up again? I mean, Anakin kind of beat them up once. Mm. Now they get beat up again. Maybe they could have picked somebody else, but you know, 
it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, you might have to talk me off the ledge in a way. I keep What's... looking at that Marvel Zombies Kickstarter. Okay. I've already backed it. So when it comes out next year, I can bring it to the Catacon or to um, the, the next faculty retreat. I did not go in at the Galactus level. I'm actually glad that it's that expensive because it was expensive enough for me not to even like consider it. I wasn't even like tempted. I was like, no, no way am I going to do that. Um, but I did back in at the middle level. So I have both the hero and the zombie version, which is more than I should absolutely pay for this game. But I'm 100% a sucker for those Marvel games, and I, I like Zombicide. I already have the original one. I don't play it that often, but this I, I guarantee you this is a game that will get put on my table a couple times. Uh, definitely at a Catacon, definitely at um, Faculty Retreat. So I think it's it's an investment in my mind for that level. So you can at least borrow mine uh, if you yourself don't end up backing it. Well, for me, I, I love the Marvel stuff. I'm a huge fan of Zombicide. I, I played a as often as I can. And it's actually a game my wife enjoys sitting mm. down to play. And she really likes Legendary and some of the other Marvel stuff. So me, I'm like, ah, you know, if I back this, it's something we would play together and it wouldn't just sit on my shelf staring at me like yeah. a couple other games I have. Yep. Um, it's something I would play more than once or twice a year. So is it worth what, 200 and whatever dollars it's like 250 i think basically plus shipping is probably gonna be another 20 bucks on top of it yeah it's expensive but i do think i get same thing my wife really does like the zombies things she was you know she loved uh walking dead is one of her favorite shows for a long time and i think this is a game that she would probably play some with me but this is definitely a game of the boys i think you know another couple of years john's yeah. gonna be 12 here in a couple of weeks <laughs> I think they would get a kick out of it. So we played Ticket to Ride tonight as a family, and they they were into that. But I think the zombie and the superhero zombie thing, I think, are both going to be like right in their wheelhouse next year or two. And they keep they keep dragging me back with different. Hey, we're going to do a new stretch goal every day, and I'm like, oh great, another hero every day. Yep, that's kind of their now thing. Gonna, yeah, I know they're going to. Yeah, yeah, it's going to come down to me sitting down with the wife and talking <laughs> okay is it is this in the budget uh you know yep. uh, you know the, the adult conversation even though the kid in me is yelling just <laughs> just the do it yeah um yeah. and then uh, i actually talked speaking of legendary the the marvel or the uh fantastic four annihilation one kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back so i just got it like two days ago and I see that there's a new one coming out tomorrow, apparently. I saw something on my geek stuff. Oh. There's a new X-Men. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Messiah Complex. And so it's related to the House of M uh, storyline. But apparently that's supposed to hit retailers tomorrow. Oh. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, but I mean, I if, it's, if that's true, it, that'll be a insta-buy for me as well. I have every other Marvel Legendary uh, expansion. Why would I not get this one? So that's probably going to be on the 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 uh the amazon cart if it actually does hit tomorrow i don't know if it will because again i hadn't seen it anywhere else and i'm on like the legendary yeah. discord somehow which i don't really visit a whole lot i'm just in it so i don't know uh so i keep seeing red on my obs so again i have mm -hmm. no idea if this is streaming or not but uh, we will continue to carry on and we have zero viewers so it may be so bad that no one's checking it out i wonder if that <clears throat> the house of m style though is Scarlet Witch kind of one of the masterminds, and do you lose your powers then? 
Yeah, again, I have no idea uh, what what new mechanics they would try to implement, but uh, we'll see. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I could see them doing. You lose the text on the card. Mm. Like some of the if you like when you go to fighter, might you lose all text on your card? That can be interesting. That yeah, would work. Yeah, you have to plan ahead. Hmm. It'd be interesting. What have you been up to? Um, so I've been substitute teaching. I know I've mentioned that on a couple other of uh, our regular podcasts. I think the first time, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but yeah, I, I sub whenever I can. My goal is to do it four days a week. Take that fifth day off to do whatever random stuff I need to do. And then we, again, we've been missing a ton of school. We were talking just before we went live. We've had a bunch of weather related issues here. We missed several days for a snowstorm. This week, we have not went back to school. They were off Monday already for Martin Luther King, but we've missed the last two days for snow. And now we're potentially going to have an ice storm tonight, so there's a really good chance they're going to miss tomorrow. I personally feel like if they cancel tomorrow, they should just say we're off for the rest of the week. And even if they could go Friday, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to go just to go on Friday this week. I don't know. But I guess the wife was saying Friday is supposed to be the end of the semester. So report cards are due or something. So they probably would want people to come in for that. But I don't know. Uh, So who knows if we're going to have school tomorrow. I'm subbing tomorrow. If we do have it, I have a job lined up, but, uh, but we will see. I've uh, been playing games with the kids, been working a lot of puzzles, kind of got on a puzzle kick. Uh, um, I was actually, right before we came up here, I was trying to sort through one more time to get all the pieces of a particular section I'm trying to get uh, put together. Um, we played uh, some games online. Chris and I played Mar- the Marvel Legendary Annihilation uh, online a couple days ago. We lost, and badly and I think wow. maybe we just didn't do a good synergy with the heroes. We, we used all the heroes from the new set, but I don't think they were designed to be used as a group. I think we should have like mixed in. It's a Fantastic Four um, set, and they have a, a they have one hero that's all the Fantastic Four, uh, which was kind of cool. But I think we should have mixed in some other actual Fantastic Four heroes from like the earlier Fantastic Four set because we we were not even really close. Uh, to getting wow. be able to beat it, we played it. Kang was the mastermind, and yeah, we just there wasn't a lot of synergy built into the heroes that we picked, so that was probably a a poor choice. And then we were going to play Sentinels of the Multiverse yesterday, and then I got caught into doing some other stuff. Was supposed to play D and D last night, that didn't happen, or the night before last. Sorry, um, Monday night didn't happen because of. It issues we've had so many troubles with that i feel so bad uh, i'm playing on the crit Thulu channel we're, we're streaming those games and we have easily missed twice as many times as we played maybe even a third or two thirds it's just scheduling has been a nightmare people getting covid people getting sick people going on vacations my internet has been a, has been troublesome so it's just been frustrating, but uh, you know, playing games with the kids, working puzzles, watching TV, watching all the Marvel stuff. I really liked Hawkeye. I thought it was amazing, and I, I did too. I'm kind of a Hawkeye apologist, I guess. Like I've always liked his character in the MCU, and I know a lot of people have issue with Jeremy Renner. He has said some stupid stuff, um, but I've always really liked his character. So, as someone who liked his character going in, I loved. Hawkeye. In fact, it it is right now at the top of my Marvel list of all the shows. For me, it's it's Hawkeye, just edge out Loki, and then everything else I liked. But it, there's a pretty big gap. I think One Division would come next. 
Um, I didn't really like Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I thought that was, it had moments that I really liked, but as a whole, it just didn't work for me. Uh, but yeah, I really, yeah. really liked Hawkeye. I did too. I liked some of the nods that they threw in there. Like when she drew the Hawkeye suit, mm-hmm. it was actually the Hawkeye suit from the comic. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I liked how they developed the character. And I liked how they're kind of handing the reins of Hawkeye over to the new character. Mm-hmm. I liked how they did it. It wasn't just, ah, I'm done. Here you go. Like you could see that build up of him just like, I'm kind of done doing this. I want to be done. You do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do with the other characters. And I really liked the surprise bad guy at the end. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's seen it. So yeah, no, I, I think I don't spoil it. Spoiler free is the way to go. Like I, I, I still have almost every issue of West coast Avengers. It was, it was just, it was a comic book that I fell into, which moon Knight is a part of. So yeah, pretty excited about the moon Knight. but I haven't really kept up with moon Knight. Like I haven't read moon Knight in like 25 years. So I don't really know where the character has gone. Like, you know, Tom has read some of that. He's probably a lot more, you know, into it, but I still have a nostalgia love for the moon Knight character because of the West coast Avengers run that I, that I've, uh, read as a kid. I think I'm missing two or three issues out of, I think there was like 56 issues total. And then like maybe an annual came out that, you know, the whole run. So there's been some whisperings that maybe they might end up doing a West coast Avengers storyline. Oh my God. I mean, again, I, I'm, you know, not quite the full on nerd fan. Cause I don't, haven't read everything, but I would love a West Coast Avengers uh, storyline. That would be pretty awesome. Though Scarlet Witch and White Vision were a big part of that, as was Tigra, who was name-checked in the Hawkeye. One of the, like, Kate Bishop's buddies has the same last name as the Tigra character. Uh, Wonder Man was a big part of that. Hawkeye, um, and then also um, Mockingbird, which we kind of learned was somewhat related, again, trying to be spoiler light if not spoiler free but yeah i would be all on all in on the west coast spender show i'd love it yeah they could do a smaller version slowly introduce them yeah, it, to see them put the team together it seems like they're really building to a young avengers team they've they've introduced multiple of the yeah. young avengers characters in various properties so it seems like that's probably what they're leading to so maybe the young avengers could be like the movie and then the west coast avengers could be like another um Marvel Disney TV show. Uh, we do have a couple people. It looks like we're watching now. We are trying to stream right now. We're actually green on my internet, which is amazing, but it has been really crappy up till now. So I, it's probably been very hard to watch earlier. If you, if you're joining us now, thank you. I'd love for you to drop into chat and say hello. I, that would be fantastic. Let me actually double check that. Cause sometimes my chat uh, doesn't update here, uh, but this is detention live where often we're joined by a third guest and we talk about a lot of role play game stuff but because it's just the two of us and we didn't know if anybody was going to be watching and my internet was terrible we were kind of taking a little bit more loosey-goosey but we've just wrapped up i think what is normally our extracurricular segment where we just kind of pick up what you know talk about what we've been up to recently that kind of thing so we'll move into 10 things and this is our first improv style game where we uh, prompt one another to try to come up with a list of 10 things of whatever the idea of the improv game is to come up with a list quickly. So immediacy is more important than accuracy. I just got another internet unstable connection warning. So who knows how long this will last. Uh, Chris, do you want to prompt me first or do you want to be prompted first? 
Right, go ahead and prompt me. All right. So you're our Star Wars expert. Um, without you no know, spoilers, right. but you said there were some inconsistencies um, in the Boba Fett that were kind of nitpicks that were, that were bothering you. Um, so give me 10 Boba Fett nitpicks that we that's, try to be spoiler free, but 10 Boba, Boba Fett nitpicks. Uh, male Twi'leks don't have their teeth sharpened. One. Uh, the Gamorreans don't have big battle axes. Two. Um, the back to tank is the wrong color. Three. Uh, everything's too clean. Four. Not enough smoke in the room. Five. Uh, the speeders were a little slow. <laughs> they were a lot slow. I think, Six. I think I could have walked that fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not enough uh, spaceship fights. Seven. Uh, he. Oh, I just blanked on it. Uh, I'll just make some up then. There, there's not enough water on Tatooine. Yep. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anybody counting the grains of sand. Nine. And his uh, boots are too tall. Ten. Yay! Nine. Those were ten things. All right, sir, lay it on me. Uh, let's go. We were just talking about Hawkeye. Uh, how about uh, name ten of Hawkeye's arrows? Oh, okay, boomerang arrow. One. Uh, laser beam arrow. Two. Uh, oh, what's the airbag arrow? Three. Um, stun grenade arrow. Four. Needle arrow. Five. Pim big, pim small arrow. That's two. Six, seven. Um, disintegration ray. Just went to a beholder Eight. there for a minute. Uh, fireball. Nine. And um, punching, punching, punching glove arrow. Ten. Ten. Yay! Ten. Those were ten things. All right. So next we would normally move into what we call used books. And this is when we have a guest on. We ask them to bring a campaign that they've either played in or they ran and we try to mine that campaign uh, story for some lessons learned, things we could do, maybe things to avoid. We don't have a guest tonight. I haven't been playing a whole lot. I haven't been running a whole lot since we've done this last. So I don't really have anything to talk about. Uh, so I think we're just going to make this sort of a general sort of like GM theory section. Maybe just kind of talk about uh, some role playing stuff in general. And then we'll move on. It probably won't be a very big section. Uh, but is there anything about a game that you have? Because you still run Redemption. Obviously, you're the GM of the Redemption podcast. Longest running Star Wars actual play in the history of the universe. Um, but do you have anything? Because, again, I don't want to be spoilery. Because you probably have, mm -hmm. the thing you played recently probably hasn't come out yet. Uh, but is there anything about any of the recent games you've played that you want to touch on that we might be able to talk a little bit about to maybe mine for some some, some gold theory stuff? Uh, one that did actually recently come up. Uh, how do you handle uh, players interrogating NPCs? Ooh, okay. This is definitely something we've touched on before on the show. Uh, do you have stuff you want to talk on, or do you want me to, to go first? Um, you go first. All right. I'm curious to see how you would handle it. So I have found that no matter how innocent your players may be, however young they might be, maybe playing with kids, the moment they have a prisoner, 
they turn into savages and they will gleefully describe the most awful, just like, you know, Geneva code violating <laughs> enhanced interrogation techniques. Um, and it, it is, it has frightened me. So these days I generally do very high level. I will just say, you know, what do you want to do with the prisoners? We want to interrogate them. Okay. Generally speaking, what are you trying to do? Like, I don't let them get into any sort of specifics. I will have mm -hmm. them either roll like an intimidation check or a diplomacy check. And then I will say, this is what you get from them. No matter what you do, you won't get any more or any less like type of thing. So I do not let them try to be very specific. Like, well, we're going to waterboard them or we're going to cut off their fingers or we're going to like threaten their fan. Like, I'm just, I am not interested in even having that opportunity of that coming up. So I just like, very high level, what are you after? Generally speaking, what is your technique here? Are you going to try to like good cop, bad cop them? Are you going to try to you know befriend them? Are you trying to trick them? And then I will tell them what they learn, and then we move on. Because I have gotten way too many terrible horror stories of trying to be too specific, and I just don't like it anymore. So what about you? How would you handle it? In this situation, that's very similar to what actually happened, where the player said, I'm going to go and interrogate him. I'm going to take this character with me. This is what we want to learn. And then the player said, can I just roll a coercion check and you tell me what you learn? Absolutely. Now, there was part of me that was very curious to see how far the player would take it, because I knew in this situation, the player would get more uncomfortable trying to describe it than I would. So the, I'll be honest, there was a little tiny part of me that was like, ooh, how far would this mm, go? Like, right. Where will they describe this? And I, I was actually kind of glad that the player chose to just roll a check and then I could tell them what they learned. Mm -hmm. now, it, it's helpful in the Fantasy Flight games because you have a certain number of successes and advantages or threats. So that helped me determine how much information I could give to them. Right. You know, the, the more successes, the more you got. You know, any threats, maybe, you know, they told you something, but it wasn't necessarily the truth they might have said oh you know you want to go to this planet but they don't tell you that that planet is already occupied by the empire so that's kind of how i i, I played mm. it um it actually worked out well I, I i was just happy with the way that that came out like i said there was part of me that was curious to see how far it would go uh, i i don't usually have a lot of times that that happens um, most of the time i find players are murder hobos and they just don't leave prisoners yeah. or the bad guy runs away. Um, in this case, the, the, the players chose right from the very get go. They said, we want to take him alive. I was like, Oh, okay, perfect. Which I then had to scramble the right notes on. Uh oh, they're taking him alive. I thought they would just off him time to rewrite how the rest of the scene's going to go. Mm -hmm. But that's part of being a GM. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I do in, uh, in my DMing, like, uh, seminar sort of thing like the the program which you've been a part of so you probably remember this mm -hmm. that i'll tell you if you have enemies that are left alive you need to think about ahead of time what they might know because players are probably going to ask them some questions and you know it's possible that they don't really know a whole lot you know pretend on the based on the intelligence of them if they're fighting goblins goblins may not be able to like articulate you know their numbers like they may say there's a million of us or there's eight you know and it, the, neither one of those is probably accurate but it is a good idea if you're going to have a, a battle with 
intelligent creatures to at least have a few bullet points jotted down of what they might know because they're probably going to be asked or they might get adopted. Like those seem to be the two sort of, you know, spectrum ends of what happens if you have like a cute goblin in a battle. Either they're going to interrogate it in awful ways or they're going to adopt it and make it a pet and, you know, like the mascot of the group and it comes on. And that's great, too. So, you know, think about either end of what might happen in your games. Uh, so we now have, well, we had a third person watching, they've left. Uh, one of the things that we do, I'm going to jump ahead, we do a thing at the end of the show called Cryptozoology, which is one of my favorite things that we do on the show, where we try to take a monster and try to think of some ways that we might use it um, creatively. We don't have one picked out tonight because we don't have a guest, because that's another thing the guest brings to the table. So if you have any suggestions for some interesting monsters that we might talk about, please go ahead and throw that into chat. Um, if not, we'll make up one of our own. So sorry, back to you about the interrogation stuff. Uh, it just, it was something big that happened in the last play session. I mean, it was a pretty agolment. Uh, it just popped out at me. And then the other big thing was gambling. Mm. I always find it hard to, you know, run a gambling session. A, because I, I used to play a lot of poker. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to be a two-second thing because real gamblers take their time. Right. So that one we just kind of rolled some dice and all right, this is what you win. Cause I couldn't think of any other mm-hmm. better way of trying to role play through. All right. You're going to bluff on this stand or, you know, how long are you going to take to really role play through it? Yeah. I've, I've struggled with that a little bit myself because I am a poker player. I was a very avid poker player for a while. Uh, when poker stars and full tilt was a thing, I lost a lot mm-hmm. of money, but, uh, I, I did learn how to do the chip trick thing, which I do will still do on occasion. You might be able to pick it up. I can usually do the perfect chip shuffle. Uh, so I lost a lot of money, but uh, I learned to do that. So I figured, you know, that's that's money well spent, right? Uh, so it makes sure. me want to try to make gambling in the game a little bit more immersive. Like, you know, I've done the thing where we actually take cards and, you know, we will actually play poker at the table. Doesn't really work very well. I've tried to do the thing where if you have skill in poker, we'll still play at the table, but you get like four cards. Like if you guys play Texas Hold'em, mm-hmm. generally you get two whole cards and then you flip up three. You use both the three and your two to try to make the best possible hand. And then you add a fourth and then a fifth. So that was a way like, okay, if you roll really well on your cheating roll or your bluff roll or you're just your charisma, like, you know, you're trying to read the other players, the advantage that you get is that you get to have extra cards to start with. But that still is very limited, and it doesn't really mirror what's going on. So anymore, I just kind of do it as a skill check. I will say Mm -hmm. that there was a pretty uh, prolonged uh, gambling scene that happened in that Cthulhu game that I'm playing in, that 5e Eberron game, where two of us were players, and we had several other uh, player NPCs that we were against. We were on different tables. And I'm pretty sure Ralph ran that of like a, a skill challenge. So like we had multiple checks that we had to make. We could determine each round if we wanted to do like if we wanted to cheat, if we wanted to bluff, if we wanted to just play, you know, like our, the best hand possible like mathematically. So we could use an intelligence check or a charisma check or we could try to use deception. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. We ended up cheating. Um, personally, I didn't cheat, but one of the other characters was casting magic, which felt like an obvious play to me that they weren't ready for. So I was able to get a little bit of bonuses, like a skill, like the, the bless sort of thing where I got 
bonuses to my skill checks. But I did end up winning the tournament, which happened over multiple nights, multiple skill checks over multiple tables. Um, and I thought Ralph handled it really well, to be honest with you. It was fun in the moment. Uh, a character still got to win. We still got to get people outside. They were like trying to check if other people were cheating. So it, it ended up being a pretty fun skill challenge. So I think he did a pretty good job of that. So if that is something you might be interested in, you the listener, uh, go check out Cthulhu's channel. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's in the description, but these are getting put on his YouTube channel as well after they fall off of Twitch. Uh, so I thought he did a good job with it. Nice. Yeah, that's one thing I've always struggled with, but again, I've played a lot of poker, so I know what kind of a, a grind it can be, mm. and I don't think players want to sit there and grind out role-playing through it. Well, the issue isn't that they don't want to, it's that they don't all want to. Like, yeah. if, like the character yeah. who wants to play that, who's like the one who wants to go to the, to the you know, is there anybody gambling, anybody throwing dice, they probably would be fine with a, like a 30-minute in-depth, you know, uh, multi-staged uh, interaction, whether it's like a mixture of actual gambling or dice rolls or poker, but m- probably not everyone at the table is. And so then you have that one player who's completely just disinterested and they either are completely left out or they want to try to cause problems and they want to have like their own scene, which is fair, but then it kind of takes away. like, how do you navigate between the both of them? So in a, in a certain situation, I could definitely see myself running a very in-depth, like actual cards at the table, actual dice at the table game, mm-hmm. but only if everybody's into it. Otherwise, we're going to make it pretty quick. It's going to come down to a couple skill check rolls. Uh, I do like how Ralph let us pick, are you cheating? It's this stat. Are you playing by the rules? It's this stat. Um, are you trying to see if other people are, che- are cheating? So maybe we, we adjust your role a little bit because you're not really playing your game as much as you're watching other people. And I thought it worked fine. So I have absolutely no problem with doing that. Nice. Uh, those are the only really the big things that came up in the last game session other than, you know, some really good role playing and mm-hmm. some, you know, but we're, we're at a kind of a neat point in our story where there's lots of stuff threads from characters backstories all merging at once Mm -hmm. so it's actually kind of neat because the players are all having a good time but the characters are all like wait a minute too much is crashing down on us all at once what do we do and i'm like well i don't know you tell me yeah you tell me that's that's kind of how this works uh i did get to play in a forbidden lands game i got to play two sessions of forbidden lands over the the holiday break that tom ran and two of our patrons, also friends of the show, uh, Remy and Alec, Big Al Nichols, uh, got to play in. And it was mm-hmm. a ton of fun. I actually really, really, I, I've ran that game a couple times as like a play test using like the starter adventure that they provide in the book. And I enjoyed it, but I didn't, I don't have a really good grasp of it. So I don't know if I gave a really good example to the people who played, but we always had fun. So that's all that really matters. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a really fun game. But one of the things that came out uh, that I've tried to highlight, and again, some of the things that I teach when I try to teach people how to play, how to run games, uh, this was more of a player-centric thing, but being okay with your character not coming out on top, like letting yourself be the butt of the joke, letting yourself be the one who gets, you know, the rug pulled over, out from under the feet or the wool pulled over their eyes. Because there are times when just, you know, if you try to model fiction your character can't always be the badass. You can, but then you get the 
Fast and the Furious movies, which in of themselves are kind of fun, but it does get to be a little ridiculous that they're, they, they never are in really any danger. And yeah. specifically, one of the things that happened is my character was sort of a manipulator to a point, like a sort of a charismatic character. I was able to read people. I was able to like, you know, sort of get on their good side. I was kind of like a salesman sort of a situation. And multiple times in that first session and then partly in the second session, I was able to do that really well. And so like I kept winning, like, you know, I was manipulating situations. I'm manipulating people and I kept coming out on top. And as we were moving into the second half of the second session, we were about to have a, a sort of a meeting with someone that we kind of had already heard about. They were sort of like a crime boss in a way. They were sort of like the, the person that kind of ran the town that we were in. And it got to a point where I was sort of in a verbal sparring match with them. And I, I'm not going to say a hundred percent because I don't want to come across like a, like I'm bragging too much, but I was like 85% sure that I could have won that conversation, but I chose to let, to say something that I was almost positive would give them all the power from a role play standpoint. And it absolutely is what happened. And then they sort of took over and then we, we kind of went out on an L, but I kind of feel like that's exactly the way that should have ended because they're kind of the big bad. They're kind of the crime boss of the area. So it felt right in the fiction to me for them to, cause that we still got a little something. We didn't like get like, we weren't like beheaded and thrown in prison, but we went there thinking we were going to get paid out pretty big for this thing that we found uh, you know, again, I'll just basically spoil it. We found it on his land. And right. so he's like, so, you know, I, yes, I want to buy your treasure, but uh, do you mind telling me where you found it? Maybe there's other artifacts. I was like, well, we actually found it in this place. And he's like, oh, you found it on my land? Oh, well, then thank you for returning my property. And like suddenly it went from him buying this treasure from us to him like taking this treasure from us because technically we we did actually find it on his land. And I kind of thought that's where it was going to go. I could have lied and been like, oh, yeah, we found it here. He wouldn't have known. But I told the truth in that, in that situation so that we kind of had to, like, sheepishly go, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. But I don't know. It, it felt like the right thing. I was happy for my character not to just constantly be winning. It, was, it felt fine for them to kind of like get the wool pulled over their eyes or, you know, again, to be, to be out-talked in a situation. And again, it just felt right, so I went with it. So I, I would highly encourage. So I feel like I've been talking way too damn long now. If you're playing mm-hmm. the game, don't don't be afraid to let your character take an L every now and then to either set up another character or another NPC. Because you know, I'm sure if we keep playing that game in five years, I'm going to turn around. and I'm going to be running the place. So it's fine that eventually I will get to that point to to start from a place of not having power to growing power is pretty classic. You know character growth and so you can't win every fight unless you're Vin Diesel uh, I agree and that really honestly could lead to some really cool role playing if one of the other characters realized you kind of screwed it up mm. um, now you have some cool in character conversations to have of hey you know ding dong you should have said <laughs> this we could have gotten paid but yep. y- you know you, know, you basically told Strahd where you know hey I found this in your backyard he's mm. like oh thank you Right, and you're you're not going to tell him no because of who he is. 
I like those moments. I think mm-hmm. they're fun. Um, I, I honestly am lucky enough that a lot of times in the Redemption show, May's character will tend to say things she's not supposed to say in front of NPCs, which leads to fun role-playing moments. I, I'm not sure they could actually bluff their way through if they took everybody in the party. I think they would have to leave most of them behind, right? Because they wouldn't be able to keep their mouths shut. But those are fun. but those are the best moments. I, I mean, really think about it. You know, again, I'm talking to the audience, not just to you. But yeah. some of the best moments you have at the table are when someone has screwed up really badly, and now you have to figure out a way out of it. Whether that's through combat, you know, very D and D ish, but not even you know Star Wars too. There's usually blasters and lightsabers involved, yeah. but it's often when a couple of things have just fallen perfectly into place to be the absolute worst possible thing, like getting your spaceship sucked onto the Death Star. Like that's not what you want, but that's how you get these epic moments of when you rescue the princess and then you imagine you know manage to escape or whatever the case may be. Maybe you get swallowed by a sarlacc pit. Can't get out of one till you got into one, right? So I kind of feel like the I just think about some of your best moments. It's after a bad thing happened and then this awesome thing happened. So I just embrace the bad thing happening because it's going to lead to something awesome. Yep. And with that, though, sometimes as a GM, you've got to make the tough decisions. If you know a player is making a really bad decision, how do you either back off from it or let them explode? You know, I've had a scene where, okay, here's two, you know, basically star destroyers firing at your little ship. And the character's like, I'm going to fly right between them and spin. <laughs> I'm like, huh? He's like, no, I've got a really good pilot. I'm like, that, that's great, but they have lots of guns and your ship won't make it. Oh, I still want to do it. Those are the situations where like, uh, okay, do I let the ship blow up? Right. Hope you guys make it to the escape pods or do I have something intervene and change the scene or what? So those are the fun moments as a GM, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got to find a way because you don't want to take away their agency, but you also don't want them to just do something that stupid because it's like, like I want to make sure you understand the stakes. Like in your head, you see this happening by the rule book, you're all going to die. So are you sure that's what you want to do? Because you can do it. We'll roll. Maybe it'll be amazing. But I just want you to fully understand what could happen here. And then if they yeah. still decide to do it, sure. Okay, great. That's what the game's for. That's what the dice are for. Let's roll them because this could be the coolest thing that's happened in years. Or we may be starting a new campaign next week. Let's go. <laughs> you know, let's, let's figure it out. Um I just always want to make sure that the players fully understand the stakes because I have I've gotten to that too where it's like, um, they're trying to do the super cool thing and like, well, I don't think you understand the, 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 the situation here. So let me take a step back here. But, um, so how did it happen? Did they, did they end up doing it and then not die or did you do want to not spoil it? Cause I think again, this is part of a game that gets published. Oh, uh, this was a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. One of the other PCs took control of the ship from the back <laughs> and he couldn't pilot anymore. Ah, okay. And then. They turn around and hightailed back to the Republic cruiser. It was actually not a Star Destroyer, but whatever's the equivalent. Right, right. Droid Army. I can't remember what they are right off the top of my head. So, I, And I said to the players, like, you, you do realize this probably isn't going to end well. Like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, and the players even said afterwards, like, well, we were kind of curious if you blew up the ship, you know, what we do in escape pods floating through the air. And I'm like, well, 
Remember, one of your escape pods has been turned into a disco room, and the other one's full of pillows. So it would be tough for you to really do anything in those situations. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, was a, it turned out to be a really fun scene, mm-hmm. um, but there was inter-party conflict from it, which my table is good with because mm. we're good at stopping in the middle of it going, you know, like if you and I are having a really cool scene, and I'm like, are we still good, Michael? You're like, right. I'm awesome. Okay, cool. Right back into yelling at each other. <laughs> And it's good to have those check-ins, especially in those intense role-play moments. You know, most of my games tend towards the comedic, but even within those, sometimes we have dramatic moments or, you know, sometimes I've run games that are very dramatic. So it's good to have those little check-ins, even in the heat of the battle, maybe even especially in the heat of the battle, because if people are getting excited, you know, just make sure we're all still having fun, right? Okay, we'll get back at it. I think that's a good uh, good tip as well. I think that's a good one to leave on. So yeah. make sure you're checking in with your players to make sure that everyone is still in the game. Because I've ha- I've had situations where it's been covered on the podcast. Uh, Nico and um, Rob got into a pretty heated thing that I thought was all role play, and then after the fact turned out wasn't all role play. There was some some true hurt feelings involved, and you know we had to work through that later. Um, so probably would have been a good idea to like. Check there, and I didn't. So uh, check in on your players. They're, these are your friends. You want them to all be having fun, uh, and you know sometimes you think one thing, and reality is another. And you know, so check in is a good thing. All right, so let's move into where have my fingers been? This is our second improv game. This is uh, New York Tater's favorite. I don't know if he's watching, but he might watch in the future. As I feel like we got to do it, we're obligated for him anyways. And this is where we're going to do a little short scene where we create two characters using our fingers, and we sort of pantomime act them out. Uh, based on a prompt that the other one gives us. So, Chris, once again, would you like to prompt me first, or would you like to be prompted first? Uh, I'll prompt you this time. All right. So, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh, a goblin teaching his son to be a goblin. Hey, so I've noticed some changes in your body recently, and I think it's time we have the talk. Dad, uh, dude, I, I know how uh, little goblins are made. I have the internet. That's, that's not what I mean, but really, you did you get into my ID, password? Uh, you know, never mind, never mind. I'll talk to your mother about it later. Dad, seriously, like, come on. Like, I understand. Like, we, like, bite people in the knee, and then we stab them, and they fall over, and they bleed to death. But that's great. That's great. But, but first, you have to sharpen your teeth. What? I'm not no male Twi'lek. What are you talking about? No, Steve. You have to sharpen your teeth. This is a moment that all father goblins live for. <sighs> Fine. And that's where my fingers have been. Yay. Yay. <laughs> all right. Uh, that, call back? Or yeah. Call back. All right. And you, you're, uh, sing the song first. Yeah, sorry. Uh where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Your fingers are in an escape pod that was turned into a disco studio, and you don't realize it until it's too late. All right. Wow, they really should make these things bigger. It's, it's very tight. We're still spinning. Is this spinning ever going to stop? Oh, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. I have the solution. Uh-oh. The stereo is not working. Well, what are we going to do for hours on this tiny little escape pod with this little mirrored ball and all these strange lights? 
Well, I can think of a few things. <laughs> Let me try the other radio. And that's where my fingers are back. Okay. All right. So <laughs> two stellar examples of where have my fingers been, uh, New York Trader. I hope you've seen that at some point in the future because that was for you, buddy. All right. So the last thing we do here, uh, well, the, the next to last thing we do here is cryptozoology. And this is where we talk about a monster, not always from D&D, but usually. And we try to come up with some creative ways that we could use that monster for an encounter, either like from a combat standpoint or maybe from like a social non-combat exploration standpoint. Usually our guest co-host uh, brings a monster to the table. We didn't have one of those tonight. So I guess I'll ask you, Chris, do you have a monster that we maybe haven't talked about or haven't talked about in a while that you'd like to give the cryptozoology treatment? Hmm. Have you ever talked about angels or mm. the equivalent? No, I do not think we have. Let's go there. All right. So angels. So I don't have the book in front of me, so I don't have the, the stats, but I know angels are uh, a creature in Dungeons and Dragons that I think they're usually lawfully aligned, uh, extra planar beings. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're pretty badass. Like they're, they're, they're pretty tough. I don't know that I've ever used an angel in the combat situation or a D&D situation. The, the biggest thing that's coming to mind for me is as someone who's watched Supernatural the first several seasons, couple times. I've, I've fallen off. I haven't watched the last like five because uh, that show went on forever. But yes, they did. bring in angels around season five or six. And it turns out most of them are dicks. Um, yes, they are. And uh, I thought that was a very interesting choice for the show to make. So I think that would be my go-to is I would probably like, they're on the side of like, righteousness and law, but in a way that puts them actually at odds with the wants and needs of the humans or the, you know, the, the humanoids beings in a D&D campaign so that you have to find a way to like not oppose the angels because then they would just smite you, uh, but to not let them get exactly what they want because it might end up killing you. And I know that's very vague, but I can't think of any specifics. What about you? What do you, what do you think you could do with an angel in like a D&D campaign? Uh, I have used them a couple times. Um, I, I've i used them to aid the party. Uh, you know, a powerful deity has sent one down to you know give them a message or a blessing or a magic item to help them succeed on a quest. But it always comes at some sort of... I don't say cost, but like a promise. They have to swear their loyalty to the to the god or mm. whatever. So it's more, I don't know if it's necessarily an angel, but kind of a uh, messenger from them. Uh, I've also used them. Uh, there's a movie, oof, I don't remember how old it is, but it's really old, called The Prophecy. Hmm. Oh, God. Really good movie. I, I think I've seen that, but it has been so long. I don't know. I've, I've definitely seen, like, seen... Like I remember, like the VHS copied that, like at a blockbuster. That's that's how old it is, yeah. Because that's how what I had. I bought it on VHS, but basically, the idea that I had was there's something that one of the angels wants to throw off the war between heaven and hell. Another angel realizes if he gets it, he's not only going to throw off the balance, but he's then going to try to overthrow all of the other, well, in this case, just God, and become a new god. And he, the, the angel questing for this item, hates humans. Hmm. And he, he, he calls them talking monkeys. And he's very jealous of the fact that God gave us free will and gave us the abilities we have. Because as an angel, he's kind of stuck 
most of the time doing what God tells him to do. Mm-hmm. Unless he rebels, then he's thrown to hell, which is worse for him. Yeah. So it, I, that's kind of what I took. So then the players were working with the angel to stop this other angel. And it was a really involved storyline that turned out to be really cool, mm-hmm. which was 100% stolen from the movie. Because <laughs> that's basically what the movie was, set in mm. a modern setting. Right. There's a really good twist at the end that I don't want to spoil. So right. if you want to see a good movie, though, it, it's really good. I, um, I'm thinking maybe like a fallen angel situation. Maybe you could have like uh, an angel that has come and been defeated or partially defeated. So they like maybe have lost some of their memories. So like they have abilities, like maybe they just come across like as a very strong healer. Uh, maybe they, they take like, I can like see like they come to like a small village in the middle of nowhere. And they have this like priest. It's like, you know, he, he sees over this flock of people, but he's actually very powerful and he does miracles, but he's lost his memory of his true origin and then of course some sort of evil force comes in and it's about maybe trying to help reawaken their their knowledge so that they can actually fight this thing that's above the players you know weight class um or similarly maybe like they have like a sword or like armor like this resplendent you know holy weapons that the players have to take on and use to defeat this demonic force and like only after the battle is won does the angel remember oh that's mine. So you get like a couple sessions where the players have these really cool, powerful magic items well above their, again, weight class, but they don't keep them forever. The angel takes them back after they've regained their memories and they thank them for their service, maybe give them some sort of boon or ban- you know, boon magic right. item sort of thing. But then they, they go off to do their other stuff, um, leaving the characters just with the memory of having a plus five Holy Avenger for you know a session. Mm-hmm. I've used them too, where uh, the angel was fighting a devil and got hurt, and the players had to protect the angel and help the angel, you know, heal him up and nurse him through it. But I threw in the twist that since it was a devil that hurt him, it's not, you can't use normal magic to heal him. Hmm. You had to take him on a quest to, you know, a fountain, and they had to, you know, soak in the waters of the fountain to heal, um, which was. Kind of neat, because then I could throw other creatures that were trying to steal the angel's power, mm-hmm. and they had to protect the angel. Uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord has kind of a neat twist on angels. Uh, they're actually kind of devils in disguise, so everybody thinks they're these, you know, very holy, you know, good creatures, but at the end, they're really just trying to work to steal souls for the devils. But that's very much a Shadow of the Demon yeah. Lord type theme. Pretty much. Um I actually put a twist on that in one of the Shadow of the Demon Lord games I'm playing, and I put the twist on there was a war thousands of years before between the angels to choose what side they were going to go on, and one of the players was on, I'll say, the side of good, and was injured in there, and his soul has thousands of years later shown up in this body, and he keeps having flashbacks of his previous life trying to put it together. Gotcha. And part of the story is that war is about to happen again. Mm-hmm. And he's potentially going to help one side or the other. I have no idea what side he's going to go on. <laughs> but I get that, to play that game with him about twice a year. Yeah. So. Yeah, plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah, 20 years before we finish it. Yeah. But, um, I, I do like using them. I think it's a neat little twist. I think there's a lot you can do with them. And they're just not used very often. 
Yeah, again, I've been playing this game for a very long time, and I cannot recall any specific time I used an angel. So I'll try to figure that out. Maybe for a recent, you know, for an upcoming game, and fix that hole in my monster manual life. Yeah, so I, I really like the twist that the angel was very angry with the, the attention that humans got from God. And mm-hmm. He came down here to kind of, I don't know, throw a teenage temper, a little kid temper tantrum to get daddy's attention type thing. Right. Turn the war around. Break all the toys. Yeah. It's, I kind of like taking a creature and giving a twist on it like that. Yeah. The, that movie was one of the things that inspired me to do that. The Marvel zombie uh, thing for tonight is Moon Knight. Speaking of Moon Knight. So that, that's the character that's just been added. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. So we'll throw this out to the audience. This is a sort of the call to action. If you have any memorable encounters with an angel in one of the games you played in or as a DM, you used them in a way that you thought was pretty interesting, let us know. Um, add it to the comments on this episode when it's posted on our website or when we post it on Facebook or, or Twitter. Just say, here's my story. I would absolutely love to hear some some interesting ways people have using creatures in, in, the, in their games. It's always fun. Um, nobody's... We have one person watching, they haven't jumped into the chat, so I don't think we're going to have any Q&A, but I will throw it out. If you have any questions for um, Chris and I, please throw them into chat. Uh, we will do our best to answer them. They don't have to be role-play game related, but it kind of makes sense that they would be. But uh, you do you, so it's not you know offensive or too personal. Uh, while we're waiting for any potential questions to land, Chris, where can people find you on the internet if they want to listen to any of the things that you do or find you and talk to you about Star Wars or anything like that? Uh, Twitter's the easiest way to find me, uh, Burlu underscore Chris. Otherwise, you can hear me on uh, Redemption uh, every other Monday. It comes out. I think we just have them come out this week. Uh, six years strong now, I think. That's right. Six, seven, something like that. I'm old. It all comes <laughs> together. Fair enough. Uh, my name, of course, is Michael. You can find everything I do at the RPG Academy uh, on Twitter and through the website. I uh, also have a Farm to Fable podcast. It's a Smallville rewatch fan cast I've been doing. We just finished season three, and we're going to be launching it to season four in a few weeks. Having a ton of fun going back and looking at that show and the, the things about it we love and the things about it that are silly and the CGI does not hold up. Um, so if that's something that might be interesting to you, check out Farm to Fable. Um, there's so many shows that come out on the RPG Academy feed. If you are interested in any way about you know role-playing games, there's probably some element that we're touching on that you might be interested in. This is Detention. It comes out every other week. It's a live show on Twitch. Next time we're around, we will have a guest. Mo P will be returning to talk about a game he is working on. I think his uh, creative partner, which... I- think his name is Michael, but I'm not 100%, so don't call me. They're going to be here, so we're going to have guests next time, so it'll be more of along the lines of the regular um, show. Uh, we have uh, Tom is running a Ghost of Saltmarsh 5e game on alternating Wednesdays, so the next Wednesday, that's what you'll see. I'm running a 13th Age game on alternating Tuesdays. Yesterday would have been our night, but we missed it, but hope we're hoping next time we'll be back onto that. Um, and then just, again, every we do all kinds of stuff here. So if, if you're interested at all, check us out. Um, so, yeah, so any final words of wisdom before we sign off here tonight, Chris? Uh, just Tom would be happy to hear us say, yeah. if you're having fun. You're having fun. You're doing it right. You're doing it right. So thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Keep waving my eye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby, 
and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.